a totally unique and satisfying Far East flavor explosion, or a dysfunctional culture clash awkwardly forcing two cuisines together on one crowded loaf. Who's right? Let's find out. This week on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, another listener wheel sandwich, the Bon Mi. Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean? Is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married? Is the origin true? Doesn't matter to me. All that really matters is celebrities. Joe will pick a sandwich now. It's his religion to figure it out. He ate the food. He'll rate. He'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Sandwiches. Damn. I'm excited to be talking about an actual sandwich this week. I could not be happier. The listener wheel came up last week. Is this our second listener wheel or third listener wheel? I know we did the Dutch crunch on the listener wheel. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the Ootsmeiser. Oh, uh, right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. Ootsmeiser. Outsmeiser. Outsmeiser. So, so far, the, the sandwich wheel is one for two. Dutch crunch barely didn't make it. It was a good sandwich, but didn't quite... Didn't quite make it. Wait, and the Outsmizer made it? It did. Dan. <laughs> did it? Haven't you been keeping up with the menu? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't actually know if you're joking or not. No, the no. egg. I mean, go back and listen to the episode. Check the check the tape. I'm looking at the menu. The Outsmizer's not on the menu. Oh. It definitely made the menu. That's a that's a clerical error. I don't think so. I trust JoePickspot.com slash menu. It's a hundred percent I'm I'm this is defamation. Uh, I, slanderous that it's not on the menu right now you know a fan would should go back and tell us because if it should be on the menu and it's not that's a that's a massive mistake that we, we need to fix it doesn't matter i'm retroactively putting it on the menu it's on the menu all right <laughs> i guess you can do that um anyways joe here we are last week we had our most controversial episode ever no or very little sandwich related content so Coming back from that, Joe, I say we make this episode all sandwich-related content. 100%. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to lay out for you. What did you At, think of Game of Thrones this week? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. We want to. But I, I skipped Sean's email last week. So we need to get to Sean's email, and I think we should just start with that. A, a, a one first of its time. It's a listener wheel episode. Let's just start us off with a listener. Then... Prince Pepper Sneeze came in with huge amount of research. And Joe, in the law enforcement agencies, there's a lot of controversy around unmasking, Joe. Mm-hmm. I have unmasked Prince Pepper Sneeze. You have? And, well, Prince Pepper Sneeze unmasked himself or herself, and that is going to be a shock to all of our listeners. I He's- think that's called, it's called doxing. <laughs> We are going to dox the hell out of Prince Pepper Sneeze <laughs> because he or she has revealed his or her identity, Joe. And this this is going to be a twist. This is like some M. Not, M. Night Shyamalan kind of crap. Are you Prince Pepper Sneeze? No, that's too much work. You wouldn't be Prince Pepper Sneeze. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, then it would just be a normal episode. But um, Prince Pepper Sneeze, I mean, for all of you at home right now, 
You already start before we get to the the unmasking. Just start to put the clues together of who Prince Pepper Sneeze may or may not be, and then see come up with a guess. And then later in this episode, very soon actually, we will get to that. Um, but okay, right before now, I know you said all sandwich related material. Can yes. we talk about Red Meat Republic, which is now out in the world? In in my position, which which is which is sandwich related. It was, in fact, I was going to say right before getting to Sean's email, we have one last piece of business. And it is sandwich related, Joe, because it relates to the thing that every sandwich in the history of our podcast, both past and future, must go on. The official Joe Picks a Sandwich cutting board. So, uh, Joe, both of us, we've done our work. We've gotten our copies of Red Meat Republic in the mail. We both posted pictures of ourselves with Red Meat Republic. That's right. Josh, the author, Fanwitch Josh, has posted the picture of himself with Red Meat Republic. Everybody else, Joe, yet to post. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that because that gives me a one in three chance of winning the cutting board. <laughs> well, Josh is disqualified because he is the author. He didn't author. buy a copy. He got a free copy. It's yeah. true. Yeah, right. He never bought it. If he If he could show a receipt that he bought it, I'd be fine with that. I think they gave him a bunch of free copies. Yeah. In fact, he could have given us free copies, but he specifically didn't. It's very rude of him. Yeah, that's that's not cool. But I'm disqualified because I'm making the cutting board, and I'm just going to say that that's the rule. But you're right. If nobody well, you else have enters, to be disqualified because if you win, you'll just never make it. <laughs> now I'm going to make it. Yeah, you're right. I have not made it in the last week, but I have. I have acquired the wood. I went. All the way to Berkeley because the beloved hardwood store in San Francisco went out of business and it's going to be, it's got four kinds of wood in it, maple, cherry, walnut, and purple heart, little known wood, purple heart, great cutting board wood. This cutting board, it's going to be spectacular. Purple heart's very expensive wood, specialty wood. I had to go to a special section of the store to get it. So this is no ordinary cutting board, but right now, I mean, literally... I have a 100% chance of winning. Yeah, right there. Nine days left in the contest. If right now somebody just goes, buys the Kindle book for $20, posts a picture of the receipt and you know with themselves in it, you've just gotten an official, a priceless cutting board, although with a market value of at least $150 for, for $20. Bucks. So, and it's a really good book, too. It, how far are you in the book? I am in the... The okay, well, I'm going to say this, and, and readers are, or and listeners are going to be like, "Damn, Joe's a slow reader." I'm in the middle of the second chapter, but you have to explain. Josh has some very lost, very long chapters. The chapters are like 80 pages each. Yeah, well, you're ahead of me. I'm only I'm I'm a little over halfway through the first chapter, but it's not only that the chapters are long. the 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 material is is in a good way. It's very well written, but there, it's very dense. There's a lot of information in every page. So you're really I've already learned so much. Yeah, I mean, cowboys not so great. They're kind of bad yeah. dudes. Yeah. <laughs> cowboys are bad guys. I mean, I'm pretty out on cattle themselves. You know, <laughs> felt like the the American Indians had a good thing going, and uh, you know, cattle sort of ruined everything. It is such a scam that basically. Like the whole point of the cattle industry was that they could just eat for free because you could just like let them walk around all of America. Yeah, yeah, and it's like they're just eating this worthless like grass that nobody that you know has no value for humans, and they turn it into delicious beef. I mean, look, 
it, as as Josh said in the introduction, I know he's going to get to it later in the book because I have read the introduction, which I found quite good, and the acknowledgments. That was love the acknowledgments. The introduction was a little bit spoiler filled for me. I wish that there had been a warning about that. Yeah, he literally it's, says like, "This is everything I'm going to talk about in the book." I'm like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> Give me like the, a little spoiler warning. I had the same thought because it, it is like. And I'm not an, an expert in academic literature because I don't read many academic books. And and I don't want to say, like, it is an academic book. Like, I think it's a very accessible book. Oh, no, super accessible. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right, for sure. But I think this is what academics books do. They tell you at the beginning what the book is going to tell you. And then it's just like, then they just give you more and more detail to, like, support what they're doing. So the introduction just says exactly. Full of spoilers. I would, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like to have a spoiler-free experience, don't read the introduction. Yeah, that's true. Um, and it's a, it's a long introduction. It's, yeah, it, it, it is like, it's like a cliff notes of the entire book. I'm assuming not having finished the book, but he, you know, he mentions like how it connects to the labor industry and not only that the labor of the people like working, you know, to like in the like, um, meat processing plants, but the cattle themselves are like laborers. They're like, yeah, they are, they themselves are workers because it's their job to like feed themselves and like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like move themselves and transport themselves and like, um, you know, in the first chapter, it sort of has this interesting concept where it's like if you own a cow and that cattle or and that cow just ranges somewhere and you say, hey, that's my cow. And wherever it ranged is like I have a right to that land because my cow wants to eat there. It's like they're like um, the front line of your army and they're like they're yeah. like uh, oh. prospecting new territory for you. Oh, Dan, Dan. I mean, just wait till chapter two. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well. I mean, I already sort of know what's coming up because I read the introduction. It's true. So full of spoilers. But anyways, I... He could have he, he been... A, he given the outline but been a little bit more coy. Like, and there's going to be some shit that happens on the range, but just wait and see. <laughs> just wait and see. You think cowboys are these great heroes? Just nope. wait. <laughs> um, anyways, highly recommend it. Great book. Josh yeah. is awesome. So for 20 bucks, you get the book. And you basically are guaranteed a cutting board. You're, you're guaranteed a good... I mean, right now you're guaranteed a cutting board. Who knows if somebody else does it at the same time? You know, if like 10 people enter on the last day. But look, the worst case, you're supporting a fellow fan witch. You're going to learn a ton of stuff about... I think one of the best parts of the book is... Because again, the whole concept has been spoiled in the introduction. Is it relates not it's not just about beef it's like about so many aspects of like the way american society works it's been driven by beef and by the whole like beef by everything the fact that people want to eat beef the fact that what it takes to raise cattle it's really interesting it's a very good book josh is a very good writer people will like it i yeah. i guarantee yeah i've also already learned like 10 new words cuz it's like i'm reading the book and since I have a hard copy of the book, I can't just, like, click it like you can on the Kindle. So I'm having to go to my computer and, like, look up words. What does he call He calls it the the cattle beef industry. Not not, the, not the beef. The cattle beef. Complex. It, yeah, the cattle beef complex. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. All right. With that out of the way, everybody should go get it right now. Stop listening. Yeah. But I, I guarantee this book is going to end better than Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all that's I'll say guarantee. about Game of Thrones. I mean, the thing is, I already know how the book reads, ends because I read the introduction, <laughs> and it's much, much better. Now, if George Martin had just written an introduction, people would be less impatient. Yeah, if he had just told us. 
But then I gets the problem. Oh, we, we're going to get into Game of Thrones. Okay, we, all right, we, all right, I right. have 30 seconds of Game of Thrones. Even if if he had written the outline for exactly what was going to happen, and when we, I mean, literally, we talked last week, you said exactly what's going to happen. The show, the execution was so poor, it, w- it would be like if I read Josh's introduction, and then the book, even though it's like 50 times longer than the introduction, was like worse. Just just consider consider the show at this point, just the introduction for the eventual books that will never come out. <laughs> yeah. Like, in between the last episode and this episode was, like, three years' worth of, like, important character development that just didn't happen. Well, the, well, the character development happened. It just didn't make sense because they, did, they just did it. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Here we go. That was it. All sandwich-related content now. And this is not going to get any more sandwich than this because look at this. Special lunch pail. Thank you, Sean. Oh, I love it. Fabulous email from Fanwitch Sean. Says, hi, Pickers. Loving the season. Hope Dan's wedding was great. It sure was, Sean. Stumbled on this fantasy draft for sandwiches. Oh, and I should I should uh, say the subject line of his email. That I, I, the, the, much like Josh's book has the introduction, the, the spoiler alert is in the subject line. Quote, your podcast stolen in article form. Is this... There's two fans, Josh. There's Australian Josh or or Sean. There's Australian Sean, and there's I think was it German German Sean? I don't remember. There's multiple Sean's. There are multiple Sean's. I think this is Australian Sean because this is the Cardinal fan. This is the Sean that did all of our drinks for yes. our World Cup podcast. Definitely Australian shot. Yeah, then. great okay. Australian shot. And it's great. So he says, your podcast stole an article form. Stumbled on this fantasy draft for sandwiches. You need to start trademarking. Might be some sandwiches in here you could steal. Oh, <laughs> we're stealing from them. Though they seem to have stolen a fare from you guys. Keep up the good work, Sean. Now, he links to this article on thetakeout.com. The Takeout Fantasy Draft Best Sandwiches. So here is how this blog that has shamelessly stolen from us, this is dated April 30th, 2019. Oh, so clearly. Clearly stolen from us. So here's what they did. They have four people, and this is their shtick. You know, like, our shtick is one that's, like, good, where we come up with this original sandwich content every day. There was literally never been a sandwich podcast that even made it to 10 episodes. Right. So great idea. Great you know, it's not original, but we're the first podcast to originally execute at least 10 episodes. I mean, by the time we got to episode 11, it was original. <laughs> we're the only person, every episode in the double digits is original. Yeah, that's right. These people at the takeout.com, I think they do some sort of fantasy drafts. It seems like they do it on a lot of topics because at the, the beginning of this one, they have the fantasy draft of the best fast food item, which again... Give me a break. That's just a blatant ripoff from the Doughboys podcast. But this week, or whatever, I guess it is this week, or last week, they did the fantasy draft of best sandwiches. Now, I don't want to give, you know, I I don't want to, like, read any of their dumb jokes or whatever, because this is all stolen material. But I will give the introduction, which is I will spoil the entire thing, and go round by round and tell you what, how they picked in order. And then... So there were four people that I will name 
person who steals <laughs> what is that thief so i need josh's thesaurus <laughs> okay thief thief robber swindler swindler and asshole okay sorry people now i feel bad but you know they stole from us so those will be the four people and then they each they each made five picks and then their fans who slightly more numerous than our fans voted to see who had the best draft and so i am going to give you the four full teams of sandwiches and then i want to see if you can guess and see which one their fans thought was the most popular okay now keep in mind their fans are obviously very lowbrow if they're supporting these people who are blatantly stealing content yeah anyways round one the first sandwich off the board not a sandwich we have covered but a popular one a famous sandwich the reuben so that that's the number one pick is the reuben the number one pick in their sandwich draft was the Reuben. Now, there are 20 picks, so we can't talk on everyone too long. But sandwich number two is not only not only a sandwich we've done before, Joe, but much like, as you say, the Outsmizer, it's a sandwich that's on our menu. Their number two pick, I think it's a good pick, the BLT. Strong pick. Then they went in order. Italian sub, haven't done yet. The last pick in the first round, grilled cheese. Grilled cheese. Good choice. You know, can't argue with that. Then, in their going in reverse snake, PB&J, first pick of the second round. Then, tuna salad. Then, po' boy. Then, lobster roll. The lobster roll. That's a weak second round. Filling out the second round. Yeah. I mean, knowing that the PB&J, we gave two episodes, didn't make it on the menu. You know, I think yeah, that's... It, it's a huge mistake. They're not thinking it through. Exactly. That's the problem with this format that they've come up with, which is they're doing they're going one each deep into a topic. Whereas, right? Did they, they actually, even eat these sandwiches? No, of course not. They're just they're just going based on their memories. If they actually investigated the sandwich, they would realize the PB and J. You know, look for Josh the vegan sandwich. Josh, God love him. Maybe the PB and J is an important sandwich, but like, give me a break. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, especially because I'm. I'm sure whoever I'm sure Swindler or whoever took the PB and J also is going to have meat sandwiches. So it's not like they're making vegan picks. Oh, absolutely! And in fact, their next pick—I'll go out of order—is a sandwich that starts with the word meat that we also have covered on this podcast: the meatball sub. Yeah. So great pick. I mean, yeah, Swindler, you're a monster. Uh, anyways, the round three going back. First pick: Philly cheesesteak. I mean, how that didn't go in the first round is beyond me. Okay. Yeah, the person who took it, I think that was Thief, or maybe that was when I was person who steals because I couldn't think of the word Thief. Uh, They said they thought they were getting good value out of that pick, which I think they probably are. It's great value, yeah. Though, again, if we do that in our podcast, I think there are going to be some clear issues with that. And when we do that, I mean, clearly we will do it. It's a famous sandwich. Then the Cubano sandwich. It's a good sandwich. Have we, we, that's on the listener wheel, isn't it? Or have we thought about that? We thought about it. We haven't done it yet, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, 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 no! You, you, you made the sandwich for your Super Bowl party, but we didn't no, I made talk pulled, about it. I made pulled pork. Oh, for that. made pulled pork. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not taken on this. Not taken. Anyways, Cubano next. Then the sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Mm-hmm. I think some sort of variant of that is on our sandwich wheel. And then, as I said, meatball sub. Then into the fourth round. So the fourth round 
starts with a club sandwich all the way in the fourth round. Then the hot chicken sandwich, whatever the hell that is. Okay, that's weird. And then two sandwich back-to-back that have been or will be covered on this podcast. The Bon Me, the third pick in the fourth round. And, I, th- you know, this has been on the listener wheel for long before this, you know, these people stole our idea. So, obviously, we're fine. We have no nothing to worry about here. Our Bon Me predates their thing. Totally. And then the last pick in round four, again, which shows how they go one inch deep and, you know, there's no, no depth, the French dip. Big mistake. Big mistake. Then round five, the final round, the final four picks, the Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I, can, I can see you, Joe. You're getting visibly upset. I mean, I mean, these people, they just, they... They're not, they're not, they're not analyzing this properly. And you know what, what says to me more isn't them. It's the people who are supporting their website. Yeah. Actually, now that I look at it, we actually do have the meatball sub on the menu. So I guess I shouldn't, I guess that's a fine pick for those people. Yeah. Uh, meatball sub's a fine pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then the pastrami sandwich. Okay. Then the Euro. Yeah. And then finally, your namesake sandwich, which we definitely need to do at some point, the Sloppy Joe. Oh, we, do, we definitely need to do that. Another sandwich named after somebody. I mean, I thought you were going to talk about the Mizrahi sandwich. <laughs> what is that? The falafel sandwich was invented by Mizrahi Jews. Come on. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. And look, and it's on the menu because of that. You're, you're a noted homer. Okay. So here you go. Person one, their, their team. Reuben, lobster roll, Philly cheesesteak, French dip, Thanksgiving leftover. Terrible. Person two. <laughs> I, I mean, we don't need suspense. That person did a Person two. BLT, po'boy, Cubano, Bon Me, and pastrami. Okay, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Uh, person two is in the running, for sure. Yeah. Could be a little uh, a foreshadowing for this episode. Yeah. Person three. What were they? Uh, they were the one you suggested. Swindler. Well, Swindler. Italian sub, tuna salad, sausage, egg, cheese, biscuit, hot chicken, and gyro. Okay. They were all good until the hot chicken. They're out. Number three. <laughs> and then the last person, uh, Swindler. Or was that, was that Vagabond? Whatever this one is. Grilled cheese, PB&J, meatball sub, club sandwich, and Sloppy Joe. Uh, I mean, it's definitely person two, right? They have by far the best. Okay. Well, what do you think? Well, I'm, I, I can't even have independent thought anymore because I'm looking at what their, <laughs> th- their fans think. But now their fans are, are, are idiots, though. Yeah, their fans are. Okay, so if you want me to evaluate it myself yeah. without knowing what their dumb fans say, well, I agree that I think person one is out because... You know, the French dip and the Reuben are very similar sandwiches. I mean, that's a, it's also really boring for that person to choose the Reuben and the French dip, which yeah, are like have sandwiches that are so similar. And, and the Philly cheesesteak is similar, too. These are just sandwiches with, like, hot beef with, like, various stuff on them. Yeah, the, I mean, person one, yeah, no and they're creativity. Just, they're just blatantly supporting the cattle beef complex. I, absolutely. It's, it's disturbing. You know, number two... The BLT, you know, obviously I think it's a fantastic sandwich. I can't 
necessarily talk about the other sandwiches yet, but I think among the other four, po' boy, cubano, banh mi, and pastrami, you know, there's some good ones and some bad ones. Person three, Italian sub, tuna salad, sausage, egg, cheese, biscuit, hot chicken, euro. There's a lot of variety there, but I, you know, to your point, what you were saying before, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you disqualified a hot chicken, but I don't know where the real standout is there. Yeah. And then person four, you haven't talked about this yet. Your, your thoughts on this team. Grilled cheese, PB&J, meatball sub, club sandwich, and then sloppy joe. I mean, the grilled cheese, PB&J, sloppy joe, you're really going for, like, the nostalgia sandwiches. That Those are three picks that are all about, like, the sandwiches that you eat when you're a kid. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good point. It's too much. Too much nostalgia. Interesting. Because meatball sub is on our menu, and it's a good sandwich. And you know, Solid uh, pick, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've had the club. I mean, it's good value in the third round. I, you know, we haven't done club sandwich yet. I, I, you know, right now with going based on the shallow response, not having done a full episode, you know, I think a club sandwich is a good sandwich. But it is true that like Sloppy Joe is a sandwich I've had a million times, but I haven't had it in like 10 years. So I have no idea what it actually tastes like. Yeah. I think person two is a clear winner. All right. What thief or whatever. Well, you can tell they have idiot fans. Sorry, the takeout.com. We're starting a rivalry here because... Person number two only came in second place. I I agree with you. I think they're the clear winner. And do you know who came in first place, Joe? Who came in first place? None other than the person who supports the cattle beef complex. Oh, come on. Come How on. How boring are these monstrous fans? Reuben, Philly cheesesteak, and French dip? Give me a break. Do they know what the Cowboys did to the poor bison? Look, it's not even about that. It's just if you're picking a thing of five sandwiches have some variety like uh, yes totally. this is it's a disgrace i mean at least for like the person the second person who's right th- his sandwiches have a ton of variety blt po'boy cubano banh mi and pastrami it's like a trip around the world <sighs> there's nothing to say nothing to say other than this website took our idea did a terrible job with it. it. Yes. And unfortunately, if you look at the number of votes they got, they're about a thousand times more popular than <laughs> us. <laughs> but maybe this rivalry will help us. I know. That's why we really have to go after them. <laughs> All right. So everybody, you know what to do. Start sending hate mail to thetakeout.com. But tastefully. T- tasteful, angry tweets. Please. Yeah. We're not like... Uh, you know, the, those uh, right-wing nut jobs that want to, you know, w- the only people we dox are people that are like, uh, that are, have doxed themselves. Yeah, yeah, only self-doxing. Don't dox anybody else. Yeah, yeah. And you can compliment the guy who has the good team. Dan, what is your history with the Bon Me? All right. Yeah, great, great work, Joe. Keeping this thing, keeping this thing on pace. But before we can get into, <laughs> okay, before we can get into, I mean, here, here's what I can say. I could, I can do the entire email from Prince Pepper Sneeze and do the reveal at the end, but Prince Pepper Sneeze doxes him or herself right at the beginning. And here we go. Dan and Joe. But I'm not, I'm not going to self-dox this person until you tell me whether you want to hear it at the beginning of that, but I am going to read. I'm going to get right up to the point in the email where the doxing would happen. Dan and Joe. Before I get started, I should probably reveal my true identity to you. 
A while back, I made a separate Reddit account with a name more familiar to the Joe Picks community for the purpose of commenting in your sub, but then I kept forgetting to switch over to my regular account, Prince Pepper Sneeze. Well, I am not, in fact, a prince. I am just a lowly dot, dot, dot. I can't. Who is it? Do, you got to tell me. I am just a lowly, sneezy music laureate. Oh, wow. Anyways, you already know my affinity for the listener wheel, so I'm sure you can imagine the crescendo of excitement I experienced as it came up at the end of the taco, quote, episode, <laughs> and then actually landed on my submission. It's I mean, everything. I, you shouldn't put episodes in quotes. You should put taco in quotes. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> it was still an episode. Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. Prince Pepper sneeze, Jeff, you're out. Uh, and then landed on my submissions. Everything I always dreamed of, at least in terms of sandwich podcast related dreams. Let's jump right in. Well, all right. We're okay, doing it. You wanted to jump in? The doxing has occurred. I I really hope that Music Gloria Jeff wrote a song about the Bon Me. <sighs> well, don't get your hopes up for that. <laughs> this email does not have an attachment, so that's... That normally means nothing has been sent in, but who knows? He might send something in while I mean, he may have written a song, but just didn't share it with us, too. Yeah. I mean, also another spoiler alert, I did not get any submission from Fanwitch Josh PhD, so he's busy. I mean, it's a busy week. It's a busy week. Busy with his book. is on TV. He just forgot. So what can you do? I feel like at this point, I could write Josh's submission for him. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, well, you can do that when we get there, and say it in Josh's uh, voice. Oh, I'm I'm already on that. I'm ready. Right. Prince Pepper sneeze. Fanwitch music laureate Jeff. Boy, he, he of many titles. Yes, yeah, it's like a little Khaleesi situation <laughs> yeah. up in here. First of his name. Which uh, which castle would you give to Prince Pepper sneeze? <sighs> Not the Red Keep. Yeah. <laughs> no, he gets. He gets High Garden. Take High Garden. Come on. He gets High Garden. It's 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 vacant. Here's what I'd give him. I'd give him the Citadel. You know, he's managing the Ooh. Ravens, getting the letters out. Nice, nice. Yes, yes. There you go, Grandmeister. Not 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 known for their music though. Uh, maybe you you don't know. That could be a chain. Yeah, that could be a link. I mean, they are basically the like the the like letter carriers of of Westeros. So it makes sense. It's well, if, from the labor perspective, I guess the Ravens are the letter carriers. They are the Maesters are like the uh, the like processing center. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so he's like a Raven, yeah. Grand Raven, first of his flock, and he starts out with his history with the sandwich. Okay. I've I've often said I was born on the wrong continent. Oh, I should just fly over there. This is Raven powers, due to my obsession with virtually every type of Asian food. I didn't have my first banh mi, however, until about 10 years ago when I lived in Portland, Oregon, a city that's home to more than 14,000 Vietnamese Americans. You can't travel two blocks in any direction without running into a pho restaurant or some kind of Vietnamese bakery, most of which offer authentic version, an authentic version of the banh mi. This is not to mention the many Americanized takes on the sandwich as well, as Portland is known for ubiquity of creative hipster cuisine. Beware of mustache hairs in your sandwich if you go that route, though. Needless to say, I enjoyed some banh mi when I was out there, but sadly, they're virtually impossible to find in upstate New York. Really? That's unbelievable. Dan, what's your history? 
Yeah, I'm I'm even trying to think. I don't think I probably haven't had a didn't have a bond me for the first time until like, I don't know, maybe 2 or 3 years ago. Yeah. And uh but the the place very near where I live called Castro Tarts that I often go to in the morning to get a uh chai tea latte and a uh pastry of some kind that's run by Vietnamese people. So they also have like a lunch menu with bond me and I've had their bond me a few times. And then a, like, um, specialty banh mi place, and this is what I talked about in the last episode, opened up maybe a year, a year and a half ago, very near where I live. And I've been to that place probably at least 10 or 20 times in the last year. It's sort of on my extended lunch rotation. So I'm not somebody who had any history with the banh mi in in the past growing up, but in the recent history, this is probably a sandwich I have. Um, it's probably in like my top 10 most common sandwiches in the last year. Really? Yeah. Now it, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to hear about the history of the Bon Me because I feel like similarly, I had never had one until maybe five or six years ago. And now they're everywhere in Seattle. But like um, the first one I had, and definitely the most common is. I don't even know the name of the restaurant, but uh, there's this this place that I go, the State Labor Council building, and they host meetings there. And I think there's like a banh mi place like right around the corner. And they're like the best banh mi's. And so I always look forward to meetings there because when they get food, they just always order from like the place right around the corner. Yep, yep. I, I was actually thinking, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, you hadn't had one in uh, or you started having them, you know, five years ago. I'm actually starting to think of my first experience with the banh mi might have been out of a food truck. Mm. I feel like the banh mi is a really popular food truck food. Totally. I could see that. And I feel like with the rise of food trucks, it's sort of like it it brought the banh mi. Because, for example, the the um, banh mi place that I go to that is uh, you know a restaurant, it used to be a food truck. And then their food truck became so popular that they, like, opened a restaurant. And I think they still do, like, catering stuff because sometimes I'll go in there and I'm, like, getting my banh mi. And I'll see them in the back and they're making, like, 100 banh mi's at the same time, which is obviously for, like, you know, some a convention or whatever. Somebody or some office that's, like, getting banh mi. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense as a food truck food because it's essentially taking all the ingredients that are in pho, removing the broth – and putting it on bread. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a type of thing that each of the ingredients, and so, and this is, again, much like Donald Trump's campaign slogan is promises made, promises kept. I promised last week I would make a bond me, and I did. Now, as we'll get into it. So then unlike the Donald Trump's campaign, because <laughs> you actually did it. Well, yeah, Donald Trump, you know, did what he said. It's just he's a monster. That's true. He said terrible things. Yeah. <laughs> But the one thing that is very clear is it the ingredients make sense to be made in like bulk because some of the ingredients are specialty ingredients, but like you make a little of them, you make a lot of them. And like they can be prepared in ways like that. Like if you're pickling something, pickle a few carrots, pickle like a, a bucket full of carrots, like it's all the same. Yeah, you're not going to p- pickle a single carrot. Well, I mean, I did, but it's, it's not <laughs> recommended. <laughs> yeah. But that's the point. Like, it's a good food truck food or whatever like that because you it, you make a small set of ingredients in bulk and then you just sort of assemble it on the spot. And, like, pickled carrots aren't going bad sitting in a truck. They're fine. And and I think it's like uh, the food truck 
gave rise to like the restaurants or whatever. But I'm guessing the popularity of the sandwich, which has gone up quite a bit, and like Portland is a well-known city for its food trucks. So I, I think, um, you know, even though like both of our histories involve not having much, you know, history with the sandwich when we were younger, and then recently like we have it very often, or or at least we know of the Bon Mi place and we're we're, get, we're getting it when we're there because we're familiar enough with the sandwich. I'll bet a lot of it has to do with a similar rise in food trucks in that time period. Totally makes sense. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I'm 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 interested to know whether our the three of us now have a very like recent history with this food. Is that because of a trend or is that just like a coincidence? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, Fanwich Jeff says he's obsessed with Asian food, although again, he says he didn't have his first bomb me until 10 years ago, so you know, it could all be connected here. I mean, we, we're we all talking. We all live on the West Coast. We all, I guess, I mean, Jeff was the, the original 10 years ago. But I think I think the rise of the sandwich, we might be sort of just, you know, jumping on the already cresting wave yeah. as opposed to, you know, discovering it. Well, let's hear about the history. But also, I'd just like to note, do you know when, if you read about the bond me on the takeout.com, what you don't get? Any facts about it? Yeah, any of this. <laughs> any interesting information other than someone picked it randomly? Other than somebody's like, you know what I like? A bon me. Blah, 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 blah. And people are like, oh, wow, bon me. Great, great thing you just said. And that's it. Uh, okay. There are thousands and thousands of fans. <laughs> yeah. Tens of thousands, even. Okay. Fanwich Jeff, first of his name first of his flock the history of the banh mi banh mi literally means bread in vietnamese but in this context it's specifically referring to the french baguette that was introduced by colonists in the 1860s when vietnam was part of french indochina as far as what goes on the baguette to make this sandwich the most common combination you'll find is grilled marinated pork or pork sausage pickled carrots and daikon cucumber cilantro and mayo Chicken can be subbed instead of pork, and a lot of places will put sriracha or hoisin sauce on there as well for some extra flavor and, dare I say, moistness. I couldn't find any information about the significance or timing of these ingredients being included, but I think we can safely assume all of this shit accidentally fell onto the bread at some point. <laughs> oh my god, the hoisin, how did that go? Wait, let's just, I'll, I'll eat it. Just hand it over. It was, they had a, uh, a food cart. Somebody was serving, like, some meat, you know, uh, you know, just meat and bread. And then next to it was, like, a vegetable cart. And then next to the vegetable cart was, like, a, a sushi cart that had a lot of, like, rice vinegar. And then, you know, something happened and they all, like, toppled over like dominoes and everything sort of mixed together. And then the banh mi was born. And that police officer's name? <laughs> Officer Bread. <laughs> Officer me. <laughs> That's why they called it the Bon Me. Oh, what a stupid, what a stupid story. <laughs> yeah. Again, stuff you're not getting on the takeout.com. No, no. I mean, by the way, who goes to the takeout.com? Can we talk about this? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those stupid websites that like you're like browsing on like a news website and, and they try and present like their their story as like a headline. The one, the one food doctors tell you to always eat. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, okay, I'll click on that. And then it's the fucking takeout.com. I mean, look at this. Here are some of the headlines on this website right now. 
Last call. So you think you're good at Wheel of Fortune? No, I don't. Fuck you. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Okay, here we go. Taco Bell Fiesta Salad comes with a side of box cutter. What? Is it, that's, I- it, that's just like a Mad Lib. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Oh, my God, Joe. Here, and they're getting mired in Game of Thrones, too. Who ate best on this week's Game of Thrones? Oh, this website. Well, they're done. The rivalry has started. Maybe maybe we need to just start start doing a little of that advertising. Let's get some of those little headlines that are like, two guys are disrupting the, the podcast, the sandwich podcasting world. Oh, I was going to go with, you'll never believe how this incredibly popular sandwich was invented click here to find out yeah let's yeah totally what we should do actually a picture of me and then a picture of you and just say it's the before and after and be like miracle hair (laughs) miracle diet to gain hair back grow hair with this sandwich (laughs) (laughs) scientists breakthrough study obama doesn't want you to know this sandwich increases <laughs> hair growth by 400 times. Brilliant. We figured out our marketing strategy. All right, let's do it. Well, it worked for the takeout. All right, so let me rate this history. I mean, did Jeff rate it for me? No. He didn't. He didn't. Damn it, Jeff. Uh, you know, I think this is a solid four and a half out of ten. He sends the ravens. He does not, you know, read them and then process them. Yeah. Four and a half out of ten. Great history. Four and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really good. All right. Next. Prep availability and health. I'm actually I'm just going by his email because I did no work. So I'm assuming this order is right. What do we call this? We call this, could this be an everyday sandwich? Yeah, could it be? I don't know. All right. Here we go. Let's be honest. You're not pickling anything at home. Oh, that's oh. where you're wrong. Oh, First of all, he's doubly wrong because uh, I was coming home last week on my bike and randomly I saw a friend crossing the street and I started talking with him and I was trying to figure out what to get for lunch and then I realized, oh my God, there's a banh mi place around the corner and this sandwich is a banh mi. So then we started talking about the banh mi and he said, you know, we're pickling right now and I sort of made a response to it as if because i was trying to like understand what he was saying and i thought he was saying just like sort of in a throwaway thing about like the nature of existence and like the existential you know dread of life that like we're all just pickling here like, oh oh wow that's a so, pretty that's a pretty dark way of putting it well well i'm just <laughs> This is a pretty dark interpretation, which was my interpretation. And I and I made a comment as if it's like, yep, we're all just pickling. And then he was like, no, 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 I'm actually pickling stuff at home right now. And he's a big pickler. And he was like, when I mentioned the banh mi, he was talking about how he's pickling a bunch of stuff where he, he's, he doesn't just pickle cucumbers. He pickles all sorts of stuff. He pickles carrots, you know, whatever. He, he uh, I think he pickles peppers. And he's just—he was just talking about all the things he was like actively pickling. Yeah, my dad's and, a big pickler. I don't—I don't care for it, but he pickled lemons recently. Pickled lemons, yeah. interesting. Which is apparently like a Middle Eastern thing, because he like—he loves it. Do you pickle the lemon with the rind on? Uh, you slice it very thinly. Ah. With the rind on, yeah. Interesting. 
And do you eat the rind after it's been pickled? Oh, totally. You eat the whole thing. Yeah. Wow. I'd like to try that, actually. Uh, it's not good. No. <laughs> okay. Well, do you like pickled things? Um, it's interesting that you asked that. I don't, I don't like pickled things other than pickles, which I love. Wow. Inter- <sighs> I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah. Because you, you even like pickled peppers? No. no. You've you've had pickled peppers and you don't like them. I've I've had almost everything pickled. I don't like them. I don't mind pickled stuff in like a sandwich, for example. Like I don't mind, or like if you have like a pickled, like a pickled asparagus and like a um, in a Bloody Mary, that's great. But like yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't eat it um, on its own. But pickles, whew, definitely eat that on its own. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Well, Jeff continues, and even if you buy pickled veggies, you're probably not going to marinate your meat and grill it up just for one or two sandwiches. Oh, Jeff. Once again, (laughs) vastly underestimating Dan's free time. Wow, he he is sort of right with that one. I didn't do that, but I'll I'll get into the reason I didn't. It's very specific. Did you microwave it, Dan? No. We'll just have to wait to see in the availability section, which will be this once I finish reading it. This is not a sandwich that you'll be able to make spontaneously with ingredients on hand. Oh. Oh, poor misguided Jeff. <laughs> poor misguided Jeff. That being said, Seattle and San Francisco are right alongside Portland on the list of U.S. cities with the largest Vietnamese population, so I'd assume you'll have no problem finding one close by. As far as health, I didn't break it down by the numbers, but I think I can say it seems like a fairly balanced sandwich. The baguette and the mayo can weigh you down a bit with carbs and saturated fat, but the pickled carrots, radishes, and herbs are a nice, healthy counterbalance alongside with the perfect punch of protein from the meat. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I'm, I'm curious to hear your your experience with it, but I would guess that he, he he's right that this was probably, this is probably not a sandwich that I will ever make. And if I do make it, it's like a one-time deal. It's not going to happen very often. Yeah. So the thing about this sandwich is, you know, I had to make one today as per promises made promises kept the pickling is really easy so you just have to get the ingredients you know i got carrots i couldn't find the right radishes which is a big problem i did find i did have cucumbers um which so i there was like a new york times thing which is like make your own banh mi at home and it's like this sandwich is normally you know takes forever to make and i think you're supposed to uh, you know, you're supposed to marinate the meat for long periods of time. Yeah, doesn't pickling to... take take a while? Like as a process, you can't like pickle things in an afternoon. Definitely. Well, I mean, you can you can speed pickle, but it's obviously not the same. And if the sandwich were made correctly, the things would be like fully pickled. Like I only pickled them for like 15 minutes, which is but just it, it, it's not as a enough. point of clarification. You you this week did you also get a bon me out? Yes. Okay. So you Definitely. have the two to compare. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I got the banh mi after I had the conversation where we're all pickling. Oh, got it. So at that time, I wasn't pickling because I was very excited to get the banh mi. That gave me, you know, a brief respite from... We're, you all, know, we're all just pickling. From the dread of, of existence. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. This is what married life is like, Joe. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so, true. You're just going to... You're going to pickle and then you're going to die. That's your life. <laughs> Great. All right. But in between those two things. There's a lot I, of joy in between. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I was both pickling in the existential <laughs> crisis mode, but I was also pickling in the active mode, speed pickling, as okay. it were, with yeah. my carrots, my cucumber, and my radishes. And then, as for the meat. So, interestingly enough, the, the ingredients to make this, I actually had most of them already. 
Mayo, I've got. Sriracha, I've got. Oh. And the particular thing I was using, sriracha. Mayo, I've got. Salt, I've got. Sugar, I've got. Did you, you insist know, pepper, on white bread or did you use the proper bread? Well, <laughs> I don't actually know if it could be made with uh, white bread, but the bread was actually one of the tough things to get because I th- there's a certain um, – a, a good baguette is going to have the exact right um, softness but also like crunchiness. Right. And you know when you have the sandwich right, the bread is a, a key component of it. And unfortunately, when I went to the supermarket to pick up the few ingredients I did have to get, which were all of the veggies, which I did not have lying around, though I am growing carrots this season. So maybe in the future, I'll be able to make at least part of the banh mi on my own. But the rolls were, it was like not baguette, and the rolls were like rock hard. And it, it it's not the exact texture I, I would have wanted in the sandwich. But here's the the big thing. So you could make this with all of the, like, the particular thing I was looking said, make it with ground pork. Ground pork readily available. You know, I could have bought less than a pound of ground pork, which, you know, the supermarket, one of the little things in the meat aisle was like three quarters of a pound of ground pork, which, you know, for me, I was pretty hungry at the time. That would be like, you know, I could make just two sandwiches out of that. So the effort to like put the ground pork on, cook it, you know, with the the various spices, I don't I don't think it was even that complicated. It was really right. just put in the ground pork, uh, mix it with some fish sauce at some point. You know, put in a, a couple spices. W- wasn't that complicated? And ground pork, I mean, is a good like fast track to approximating the taste of like marinated meat that's been mar- marinated. Yeah, yeah, time. exactly. Instead of doing that, but here's what I did instead with this red meat republic in mind, and when I got the actual. On me, I got their like special pork version, which right. is like the pork porkiest pork. You know, they the the good stuff. They're marinating it. They're doing everything right. I said, you know what? I'm gonna make a vegetarian bon me. Yeah, great idea. So I Josh had mentioned jackfruit in the last episode, <laughs> oh, and okay. in the section in the vegan section, they had these actually pre-marinated they actually do this where they have like chunks of jackfruit and they have different like sauces that the jackfruit has been marinating in and they had they have a lot of them that are like mexican what is a jackfruit i don't even know i I still don't know (laughs) having eaten it i don't know but they had one that was like barbecue jackfruit i'm just gonna ask him is it is it a fruit it's a fruit i assume it's a fruit but it's it's it is it like a melon or is it like a berry like just like what genre of fruit is it I th- when um, cooking it in the skillet, it sort of has a consistency of like um, of like pineapple a little bit. It, it doesn't taste like pineapple, but it looks like 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 imagine if you like like sliced pineapple. You know, like when you get like sliced pineapple, where it's like uh, you know with toothpick in it, and you're just having like the thin little bit of it. Yeah, it's sort of like that, but it doesn't it doesn't taste like pineapple. It's not nearly as sweet, huh. but. This particular stuff was covered in uh, barbecue sauce, which I thought could be okay for the banh mi. And I, you know, cooked up the jackfruit, put in the spices it said I needed to put in, put in the fish sauce, which I needed to put in. And then I mixed it with the mayonnaise and sriracha mix, which I love. First of all, if you're at home and you're like eating whatever, mayonnaise and sriracha is just. Oh, I just do that all the time. It's like the best, it's the easiest way to just make something that tastes like. Like, interesting and good. Absolutely. It's so good. And it's, like, the thing that you'll get when you're out and you'll see this sauce and it's, like, a little, like, red and delicious. And you're like, boy, how do they make this sauce? And it's, like, 
You they just mix, combine mayonnaise and sriracha. Things. Exactly. Yeah. And it's delicious. And so you make the, the sauce, which was fantastic. And then I mix the sauce with the meat as per what I was supposed to do. And then I put that on there and put on my speed pickled veggies. And, you know, the sandwich was fine. I ate the entire sandwich, which is more than I can say about, like, some of the sandwiches. <laughs> but it didn't taste like a banh mi. Really? Because the vegetables weren't pickled properly yeah and the it's a speed it's a speed pickling it's a problem yeah like when i had the real banh mi and i don't want to get too ahead of the taste but to me it's the like the the real key to the sandwich is like the the um, savoriness of the meat which is just fatty you know moist delicious and then the 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 sharp contrast with this like the, the the pickled vegetables on top that are like you know uh, again, we do a food podcast. I should know words to describe these things, but what is what is what is a pickled thing like? What is the the taste sensation of that? Is it sour? Yeah, it's sour. Yeah, but yeah. whatever it is, like that's the combo. Like when you take the bite, you're getting like those two worlds and they're colliding. And unfortunately, my homemade version, I wasn't getting any of that because I, the vegetables weren't pickled enough, and the the meat, or it wasn't even meat. The imitation just wasn't savory enough. Yeah, yeah. Was that because of the barbecue sauce, you think? The barbecue sauce definitely didn't help. Because the yeah. barbecue sauce, when the barbecue sauce it's mixed too sweet. With, yeah. Yeah. When the barbecue sauce mixed with the sriracha mayo, it's it's like when I was tasting the sriracha mayo, I was like, oh, this tastes like, like it's like the right flavor profile to be like on a banh mi. Yeah. But then once it mixed with the meat and I tasted it, it was like, this is the wrong flavor like this isn't this doesn't taste like a bond me anymore yeah i don't i don't think when i think about availability i don't think that i would ever um try and make this at home but uh i totally agree with um what jeff was saying this is like a very available sandwich so so for me i mean i've mostly eaten this sandwich when i'm in these random meetings and i'm getting them for free um or like if I'm just out somewhere and usually it's like what you were saying with your friend. I'm going to a place for a banh mi. But today I was panicked because I hadn't had the sandwich yet. And oh, my God. I know. I really cut it down to the wire. But I went to this um, – there's this pho restaurant that we go to all the time and I always just get pho there. Uh, and I checked online and they had a banh mi. So I was like, great. I'll do it there. First of all, it was very, very good. And it was like, not even, it, it was $5, a $5 sandwich. That's a great lunch. Yeah, yeah. It was super cheap. It was good. And it was basically, like I said, it was all the ingredients that I've come to like in their pho, but just like in a more lunch-friendly format. You know, the price, I think, is actually a really interesting point because of all of the like sandwiches that have been turned into these like specialty sandwiches – like for example, when I go to the the Vietnamese place um, that has like the breakfast stuff, their banh mi's are like seven dollars or something. Yeah. Which for a, a San Francisco like sandwich that can fill you up, that's like an incredible price. I feel like the Vietnamese you know shop owners are like too generous with their pricing. Anything under ten dollars is a great value for a sandwich in Seattle. 
Yeah. And it's a very filling sandwich because it's like, you know, it's got a lot of bread, which is very filling. You know, yeah. again, if you're if you're not into the carbs, like, banh has got a lot of bread. But you also get a ton of meat. You got veggies. I mean, you got – your whole meal is right there. It's filling, but I, I think because of the veggies and because there's like the mix of fresh veggies and pickled veggies, it doesn't feel like a super heavy sandwich. And – the one that I had today was a little bit light on the meat, but I didn't mind that actually because it didn't – like I didn't feel gross afterwards. Yeah. And I think that's a thing with the banh mi that it can get away with – you know, you don't need to load the meat in there. And I think you don't want to load the meat in there. Right. You really want to make sure you have the right balance between the meat and the the veggies. Yeah, you don't see like a lot of like double-decker banh mi's that are like full, like like overflowing with meat. It's not the yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. And not to bring back this rivalry with the takeout, but – it's very clear that those idiots who voted the, um, you know, the the Philly cheesesteak Reuben French dip person first place, they're they're idiots. They're neophytes. They, yeah, they're, no, they're picking these heavy, dense sandwiches. Of yeah, course, they, yeah. They just to them the sandwich is how much meat can we stuff in between two pieces of bread? Yeah, and that's not what a sandwich is. Like a sandwich is a balancing act, and it is important to make sure all of the ingredients are right. The other thing that I'll say about the availability before we rate it and move on, because we, we're at an hour already, uh, um, is to your point about the veggie version, I got the pork version because I felt like like I should get the classic. And also, uh, you know, I'm going to take a break from beef while I read this book. Uh, yeah. Though though I bet he, he could write a sequel about pork, and I'm sure it's just as terrible. Uh but but anyway, uh, I do like the fact that you could get a vegetarian version of this chicken version. Like if you're not in the mood for pork yep. or beef, like it's a very versatile sandwich in that way. Well, essentially being a very similar sandwich. Yep. I've had the chicken version of it before. Uh, I think I think the pork version of it's better. And in fact, the the one of the variants of the sandwich, which sort of goes to show how the preparation of the sandwich works, where they prepare in bulk, they actually it's. They mix all three together where it's like, I think it's pork belly, pork sausage, and I think the third one might actually be beef where they sort of mix it all together. But even when they mix it together, they're not piling. It's it's not about piling the sandwich with meat. It's just about the, the meat is just a, a variety of different meats. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think that in terms of, of, of this being an everyday sandwich, it's a little bread heavy. It's not something that, that you can make at home, but, but for being – something that you're not going to be able to just whip up real quick. It's pretty It's pretty easily available. I feel like, I mean, even right now, it's 11 o'clock at night. I feel like I could probably get to a Bon Me in about 20 minutes if I were to get in my car. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe like a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. That's a good score. Okay. Is it a first date sandwich? So, normally, normally, Rob... Not first of his name. Very uncreative name. He writes in. But in fact, he wrote in last week for tacos and then evidently didn't listen to our quote taco unquote episode and didn't write in. Didn't figure out what the sandwich was. Didn't get it in on time. Maybe he'll email it tomorrow because he doesn't actually know when the podcast records. But guess what? He does think it's live. Yeah. <laughs> Fanwish Jeff, first of his flock, writer of research filled in singer of songs singer of songs laureate of music 
In case Rob doesn't write in, I want to offer an opinion on this. The Bon Me demonstrates the perfect level of being cultured and interesting without seeming like you're trying to seem cultured and interesting. It's easy to pronounce, unlike the insert audio clip of Oots. Damn it. Outsmizer. Yeah, Outsmizer. So you won't embarrass yourself when ordering. It's true. There's nothing more that you want to do is, all right, I don't even need to do the audio clips. We've done that to death. So you don't embarrass yourself when ordering. Totally. No onions or garlic, aioli, etc. on this sandwich, so it's not a breath killer. It's not too heavy, so it won't make you feel sluggish. Yep. It's not too messy, so it can be transported easily and eaten at the waterfront park, some other public place where Rob can't easily, quote, go in for a tushy grab. First date rating, I don't remember Rob's rating theme. I think you got it. It's inappropriate things that you should never do. That do not hold up in the in the media. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think Jeff makes a very solid argument here. Is this the perfect date sandwich? Well, here's here's what I'll say. I think... I think his his setting of putting it on the waterfront is very important because I was just thinking about this sandwich immediately in another setting, which is how would I feel if I were on a plane and the person next to me whipped out a banh mi? And I would say I think it's it in a wide open space where the the you know the delicious aroma of banh mi is happening, fine. But in a confined space, I think the banh mi is a it is a fairly odorous sandwich. Really, you think so? I do. I think the it's the that fish sauce in particular, in combined with the meat, I think it does create a bit of a um, a bit of a smell around it of sort of like, hey, there's some marinated, you know, meat. I wonder going if you feel that way because you just cooked it though. I mean, because I would say that like I don't think I've noticed that. Now maybe it's because if I'm if you're eating it in a Vietnamese restaurant. Like, the restaurant just smells like that. But I don't think I've noticed it being a particularly odorous sandwich just compared to any other sandwich. Yeah, I don't think it's compared to anything. Like, I think it's better than tuna melt. It's better than, like, a cheeseburger yeah, like, or something. Is it any more – does it produce any more – yeah, a cheeseburger is a good comparison. Does it produce any more smell than a cheeseburger? Well, uh, he, I, I think less. But maybe here's where this is coming from. My lovely wife – First of her name is first of mine. No, no, she kept her name. Damn, I, try, I tried. She wouldn't become second of my name. Um, so you're still the last of the Birkins, then. I am. I am the last of the Birkins. She doesn't like vinegar, and she doesn't like fish sauce. So she doesn't like fish either. But she doesn't like fish sauce, even though I think fish sauce isn't necessarily fishy, but it is certainly a. Uh, I think it's more of a marketing of thing. thing. She doesn't like the name fish sauce. <laughs> And this sandwich has both. And and I think both of them produce sort of distinct smells. So maybe I'm sensitive for her because I actually like both of those things. I love vinegar and I love fish sauce. So to me, I think like if I was smelling a banh mi, I'd be like, this is great. But like if I had this on a first date, it would be a disaster for, you know, I. Right. I you wouldn't get a second date with me. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, okay, so. So, so I get your point, but I think, you know, no more or less so than a, a cheeseburger. It's just different smells. Okay, but let's now – okay, so let's just think about the checklist here for first date sandwich. Okay, so does it smell? Okay, I get your point a little bit. Okay, is it portable? Yes. The the bread Definitely. is like nicely combined. Um, 
nicely confined and and like we just talked about it's not too meaty does it like uh portray a sense of like worldliness like jeff says i think so but it's not too hard to pronounce which is important it's yep. also um most bon me places it's 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 casual so you'd be like, oh let's just go grab a bon me around the corner but it's not like so it's not it's not casual but it's not super casual like a grilled cheese or like a pb and j here's another thing i like about it I feel like with banh mi, you don't say, or you could say, let's grab a banh mi, but I feel like you can also say, hey, let's get banh mi. Yeah, which just sounds cooler. I think it's just fun to say. Yeah. Uh, I think I think this is uh, pretty solid, Dan. I mean, I'll, I'll take your point about the aroma into consideration, but I'm going to say nine and a half on the date scale. Wow, that's huge. I mean, the one thing that also, I mean, sort of talked about with the, the portability of the sandwich it's a super clean sandwich. Like I feel like I could eat a banh mi without a napkin, and it's it's a very it, the the sandwich again. This comes with portability, but it's very well contained. And if you get the meat and veggie ratios right, it's not like the meat comes trundling out. No, no, no. I mean, I ate this whole sandwich today. And I don't think I like needed a plate or a napkin. I had both, but I didn't use it. Yeah, yeah. And the baguette itself, like I think of all of the breads that you're like handling in terms of cleanliness. Like, a baguette is a very just clean, solid bread where it's just... And I feel like the banh mi is only, like, open on one side. True, true. The baguette is clean. I don't know... Yes, I I believe that my sandwich was sliced but not all the way through. Um, and it was, like, presented sort of, like, vertically like that. Yep. Um, or on its bias, as you would say, Dan. Uh, and But I think you on have to the give... Bias. You, you have to give Not credit. Not its bias. It, no, it, no, it was on its bias. You have to give credit to uh, the inventor of the banh mi in that it also just very responsibly uses the ingredient. It doesn't overpack it. Yeah. Nine yeah. and a half. All right. I, look, I, I, I can't argue. If somebody whipped it again, maybe again, it's, so much of it is because if I had it on a first date, it would have been disastrous for me. No, but, it's a, that's, I mean, that shows how much you care about Megan. That's nice. Yeah, but believe me, now at this point we're married, I'm eating banh mi left and right. <laughs> you're, cook- you're you're stinking up the whole house with it. Jeez. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. The root of it all. Fanwich Jeff, first of his flock, laureate of music, singer of songs. He completely skipped this. Oh, no, he didn't skip it. He just did it out of order. Oh, okay. I see. Actually, what order do we do it in? Yeah, we do Does It Taste Good Before. He doesn't know the order. That's fine. Not not orderer of topics. He's no. got to work on that one. No. He does not have that chain. Does the sandwich taste good? I will start with him. The banh mi is a Vietnamese flavor symphony. Each singer of songs, of course he yeah, would know about a symphony. Each component contributes to the overall goal of creating a melody and sweet, sweet harmony. <laughs> Worried of music. You'll yeah, find if poet. you pay, you'll find <laughs> spinner of, of verse. You'll find if you pay close attention, you can hear each individual instrument, if only for a moment, before it helplessly and seamlessly blends back into the performance as a whole. And it also has mayo. Dan, I know how much you love mayo. And then he he does his his uh, his uh, uh, rhyme, but I'll, I'll save that for later. 
when we put it on the official unknown who owns it cutting board. But for now, Joe, I mean, it could end up being Jeff's cutting board. (laughs) It could, could. Oh, that would be another another title, owner of official cutting board. Joe, does the sandwich taste good? What do you think? (sighs) Yeah, I think. Look, why beat around the bush here? I, you know, symphony of flavor. Yeah, I think I think the sandwich tasted good. One thing that was interesting. So you know how sometimes you like um, when you eat something a certain way, even if it's not the right way, you get used to it. A lot of the banh mi's that I've had have a are on a baguette, but it's like a very soft baguette. And then the one I got today was a little bit like crunchier. But then as as I was eating it and thinking about it, I was like, you know what? This is really more like what like. I think that they're actually using better French bread than these other places I've been because this is really more what French bread – like a French bread should be – it sounds like yours was too hard. But like a French bread should be like sort of crunchy on the outside. Um, but I was a little bit like taken aback because I'm more used to this soft bread, which maybe I actually prefer a little bit. But um, but other than getting the the bread texture right, I think this is just a good combination of sandwich ingredients. Yeah, yeah. And the the issue with my bread wasn't that it was crunchy on the outside; it was that it was crunchy on the inside. So it was just like, it was just stale bread. Like if somebody was robbing my house, I could have done one of those like <laughs> things they do in the sitcom where you like knock a person over like the head with it, and they just instantly like collapse. Like it was that hard. I was now, having trouble. Like, I will say this: it. in the San Francisco area, I mean, a bon me on Dutch crunch might be great. <laughs> it's, I could try it. I could try it. Uh, boy, that could go on the that could go on the wacky wheel or the listener wheel. Who knows? But I mean, to your point and to Jeff's point, who says I love mayo? It's more. I love pickled things. I love mayo. I love meat. I love sriracha. The, another thing we haven't talked about about this sandwich, but the sandwich normally has jalapenos on it, or certainly the variant that I get at the um, Bon Me place does. So the sandwich has a little bit of spice to it, which I also like. Not too much. Yeah, let's talk about the spice for a second, Dan. You know I I really like spicy stuff. Yes. I also like stuff that you can sort of make spicier like on your own without it just tasting like you took something that was normally not spicy and just added spice to it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And and I like that at the at Vietnam at Vietnamese restaurants, even I think at like Vietnamese like food trucks. They always have just extra spicy stuff where you just grab and put on to sort of make it your level of spiciness that you want. Yeah. And I mean, just to add to that, when I get the sandwich at the – even this isn't the – so the official place, it's interesting. Maybe this is from their food truck days. You just order it and they just give it to you. But the one at the more local place that you know they do bond me, but they do a bunch of other stuff, they actually ask when you do it, how spicy do you want it? And then I'll say, you know, a little spicy, you know, because – you know, if you ask super spicy, they'll spice the shit out of that thing. Yeah, like, totally. yeah. but you know, if you also say, "I don't want any spice at all," like my lovely wife, she doesn't like spice in addition to not liking anything else. So, if she were to get it, which she wouldn't, because you know she doesn't like vinegar or fish sauce, she would. But she could eat say, the French bread, though. She would love the French bread. You know, she's I mean, famously she's, French. You're right. She's got the French heritage. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, and you know that her Cajun heritage is we we met her her family even there I, I assume baguettes got to be going around in New Orleans. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, she's got to come on as a guest during the Po'boy episode, or, or one of her aunts, maybe. Oh, they, they would love it. Or, I don't know what exactly their relation to her. I don't think they're her aunts. Well, whatever they are. doesn't matter. Uh, anyways, spice is variable, but I think it's great. And to me, there's just every aspect of the sandwich I love. Yeah. I love the veggies. I love the meat. I, I, I like the combination because I agree with what you're saying about the amount of meat in it. If I eat, like, a cheeseburger... I'm. I feel sluggish afterwards, and because there's just it's a cheeseburger is just this giant blob of meat, and there's just nothing that can be done with a cheeseburger. It's 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 got to be a ton of meat. You know that's like the yep. the whole heart right. of the sandwich. Right. But like in last week's quote unquote taco unquote episode, one thing I said about how much I like tacos, even though they're not a sandwich, it has a similar thing to this, where it's got some amount of meat, but. It's it, it, the meat isn't like the majority component. Like the majority component is the toppings you're putting on there. Right. And for right. me, I've got a lot of toppings I like. To me, the banh mi, and this is a reason that I said it's in the top ten sandwiches I get. And if the if the banh mi place happened to be closer to where I live, I would get banh mi much more frequently. I mean, I would get it every week because to me, it's a delicious sandwich that is hitting all the bait. Like I don't think it's unhealthy. It's not ruining my day. You know, in terms of like making me feel sluggish. It's portable, which is actually quite important to me because normally when I get sandwiches, you bring it home. Yeah, I'm I'm on my bike and I need to get a sandwich that I can just put in my bike, you know, put in the the thing, and when I go home and when I open it up, the sandwich isn't like ruined. So, for example, there's a hot dog place near where I live. It's very good, and you know, we're not getting into the is a hot dog a sandwich. We'll just assume if we do a hot dog episode, it is a sandwich. But when I get a hot dog, you know, by the time I get it home, that hot dog's like tumbling around like it's, it's you know, a hot dog is really something that you not transported easily. But again, this bond me, once that thing is put together and wrapped up, I mean, I could, there could be an earthquake. I could be put in some sort of giant like roller coaster. It's, <laughs> it's fine. It's, oh, totally. It's, yeah. The sandwich isn't going to change at all. Like it, it holds together perfectly. And, you know, to me, it's a delicious sandwich. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm combining all the things together, but you know, to me, it, it, it's a winner, and and the taste is is not it, the taste is not uh, giving up anything in terms of the other strength. To me, it's just a strong sandwich all around. Not you know the least of which is taste. Yeah, I don't really have a negative thing to say. So I mean, let's just say that the taste. I'm going to rate it a nine out of ten. All right, nine. Yeah, fair score. Okay, is the sandwich a monster again? Nothing from Josh. Hold on, let me give you my audio recording of Josh. Well, well, Dan, Dan, it really, it really all depends. <laughs> uh, the if you put if you put tofu in it, it's a great sandwich. But watch out if you put beef in it, you're supporting the cattle industrial complex. <laughs> I give it a Frankenstein. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was really shocking at the wedding when Josh kept going around and picking up people who were eating steak and just Just, throwing it in their faces. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I look. I think what Josh would say here, honestly, is that it is that it all depends, right? I mean, that like it depends on what you're putting in it, but probably the fact that it has less meat in it than other meat sandwiches must help, right? Yeah, I think Josh would say, and I'm. Uh, we've got uh, Fanwich Jeff, first oh, okay, of his flock, 
spinner of verse, person of many titles. He says, colonialism, smart pigs, etc. My guess of Josh's monster rating, Richard Nixon. Which, actually, I mean, we, we know we've talked about pork-based sandwiches in the past. And I think the, the classic banh mi is a pork-based sandwich. Pork is much better for the environment than beef, like, no doubt. But they're also, and, like, much more sentient. Yeah, and so so I think that is the that is the issue. If you're comfortable eating a smart animal that is like nice and fun and could be a pet, then yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, and and understands its own mortality. Yeah, okay. yeah, and uh, well, we, I mean, we're, we're all, all just pickling. pickling. We're all just pickling. <laughs> <laughs> but and and I guess the point is that Vietnam was also like you know under french control which is where the fusion for this you know fusion happened but you know it it could be worse for sure yeah so i mean look monster rating and i think it's also lower because it's using less but also it's it's um you could have a vegetarian version without losing much which i think says a lot uh i'm gonna say a six out of ten I'll put an asterisk on that. You know, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, your your weird jackfruit like yeah barbecue and version. the speed pickling. It was all. It, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's barbecue jackfruit. That, that's a bad choice. The enterprise was flawed from the beginning, but Joe, as we say, promises made, promises yeah. kept. Okay, final category: the celebrity Bing search. Then we can land this ship. All right, what does Jeff have to offer here? Boy, you, you he, think he's doing your research too? I have, I have something, but 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 why would he be so cruel to do all of your research and none of mine? All right, Fanwich Jeff, first of his flock, doer of research, says this. I think Joe likes to do this segment live, but I will say I did read an article on Pork.com that said Taylor Swift's diet literally consists only of banh mi. <laughs> so that is an interesting, definitely true fact to consider. Another thing on this podcast, Joe, all truth, just like Donald Trump. I mean, look, look, we fact check it. We do not fact check on this podcast. <laughs> ten out of ten. All right. <laughs> Boom. The, the Taylor Swift reference is always going to win. You know, it's a very interesting that somebody who's based out of Nashville would be such a big fan of the Bon Me, but 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 the veracity of Pork dot com and Jeff's Jeff's interpretation of Pork of Pork dot com. I mean, come on. Let's actually see what pork.com is. Oh, boy. <laughs> is it a subsidiary of, of takeout.com? This is the most comical website of all time. Okay, well, now I have to look at it. <laughs> I just... Well, somebody owns this, like, super valuable domain, and this is what they are doing with it. This is unbelievable. Wait, is this a picture of pork? <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is... A, is just Wait. a picture of pork with a search bar circa 1999 that says search ads. Wait, it's also a- it's also asking me if I will accept cookies. Do I say yeah. yes or no? You got to accept the cookies. Oh, and the headline on it just says pork.com. That's it. And if you search anything, like I just searched Taylor Swift, it is no there's nothing Taylor Swift related. It's it's like this says truck driver jobs and do you have a record? Search now with name and state. I search for pork, and it, in Pork.com's own search, Pork.com doesn't come up when you search pork. 
boy, this <laughs> this website really needs this. Maybe this is what we need to do. We need to buy pork.com and develop it. Even when I search for pork.com, pork.com doesn't come up. Although I admit, when I searched for Twitter, Taylor Swift, one of the ads that came up says, chaos is only the beginning, the last American. And I'm intrigued. Uh, from now on, celebrity Bing search is going to be replaced by celebrity pork.com search. <laughs> Wait a second. Should we buy ads for Josh's book on pork.com? I, I mean, you're not even kidding. The pork industry should be bankrolling Josh's book. They should try and get this book in every house in America. That's where we need to go. We know that big milk and big dairy will do oh, everything. They'll, they'll fucking take almond milk down. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they're going to keep Josh's book down. But big pork, big chicken, they should be all over this. Absolutely. I mean, maybe they already are. <laughs> I did notice Josh seems to be going to these exclusive conferences, you know, all of a sudden where he's coming back with like uh, 100 chickens. We should see if his uh, monster rating changes. And if, if, if we do a chicken sandwich, he says, actually, in my recent research, I've discovered chickens actually enjoy being killed. This is chickens the, are good for the environment chickens are good for the environment they absorb the, co2 their life is constant pain <laughs> <laughs> they want nothing more than to be eaten look they're just pickling <laughs> every day they're looking for a way out uh, all right our, pork.com we're gonna buy it we're gonna put in a bid on pork.com Damn, let's all right it. let's get it all right so let's that's your score. So, oh, uh, six and a half out of ten. Okay. We, we already talked about that. All right. Let's put the Bon Me, I, or I'm, I'm going to even say it the cool way. Let's put Bon Me on the cutting board. Whose cutting board? We don't know. We'll know in nine days. December, not December, May, May 22nd. May 22nd. In uh, midnight Pacific time is your last chance to... to have every sandwich be put on your cutting board. And you could get the Kindle version, like you said, in, in five seconds. There's no waiting. Though Amazon did deliver mine quite late, which was annoying. Yeah, they delivered mine late too, but, uh, you know, they but, got it done. Yeah, but uh, uh, n- through no fault of the of the letter carriers of America. Uh, <laughs> the, um, mine would have been delivered on time, but that lazy... Union UPS driver kept they kept losing the package. You could get it on on ebook like immediately, or or the audiobook, I'm sure yeah. is fantastic. Read, I, I recommend read the by audiobook. Josh himself. I literally have not read a book since you know I read that Harry Potter book, and I hadn't read a book for a long time. Reading's exhausting. I don't recommend it. it well, well, you know, with my kids, I basically have to read like a sentence at a time. <laughs> yeah, but. People are listening to a podcast right now. Listening to Josh's book would just be replacing what you're... I mean, look, compared to thetakeout.com, this podcast is like... Like, thetakeout.com to this podcast is the exact same as this podcast to Josh's oh. audiobook. If you haven't read the book yet or listened to the audiobook, the last hour that you spent listening to us is, is a giant waste. Huge, huge wasted opportunity. Yeah. But don't read the introduction. Just skip right into – and, like, chapter one starts with, like, storytelling, which is nice. No, I'm actually serious about that. The introduction is too spoilery. Read it Read it at the end. 
Yeah, I after agree. you finish. I agree. And read the acknowledgments at the end, too, because that has a very sweet ending, too. It's, it's sort of like a, a twist ending, a little bit. I think acknowledgments should go at the end. The whole book is like a rom-com. It is. It is. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Nine out of ten. Okay. Uh, where are we? Bon Mi's on the cutting board. Okay. And, of course, I don't have to do any research as a listener. Will, so I'm just going to take Fanwich Jeff, Worried of Music, Spinner of Verse, Singer of Song, Doer of Research, Author of Rhyme. Searcher of Pork.com. First of his flock to do it for me. He also is very, uh, e- even though his uh, title is very verbose, his final ruling very succinct. Bon me, more like, and this all sort of went with this thing before when he talked about singer of music, so get back into that mindset. Bon me, more like do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. Because this sandwich hits all the right notes. Put it on the menu. Wow. Damn. <laughs> so so you have no take here. You're just letting Jeff run the whole show. Not only – I mean I'm letting him run the whole show because much like Daenerys of House Targaryen, his title speak for himself. He, he should be running this whole show. Yeah, what he should could be you the add? co-host of the yeah. show. But there, there's nothing to add to that. I love this sandwich. I mean the only thing I can add is what I've already said before. Every part of this sandwich I love. It's baguette, which is a form of white bread. You know, a fine form. Pickled things I love. The marinated meat I love. The way it all comes together I love. The fact that the Vietnamese place near me is great I love. The fact that another banh mi place moved in near me is great. You know, the sandwich place didn't serve banh mi, but they moved two miles away from me. They're worthless to me anymore. The banh mi place still in business. And I think the fact that this... The fact that the banh mi trend is like rising is very important for me because it means I can actually get the sandwich somewhere. So it's hitting all the right notes for me, both from a taste perspective, from a sandwich perspective, and from like a physical like availability perspective, which is very important to me. So I'm all about it. I, I think the banh mi absolutely goes on the menu. And if the menu had rankings, I might even put this at the top. Wow. Wow. That is a very... That's a bold endorsement, Dan. The BLT might compete with it, actually. Because I think, to me, the BLT is a similar type of sandwich, where it's a meat and vegetables in harmony on some sort of whitish bread, making a really nice combination. But, you know, whatever. When we're talking, when something's being compared to the BLT, to me, that's already, much like Prince Pepper sneeze, that's already royalty. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear all that. Uh and I totally agree. I say bon me more like upper echelon me. Because this is in the, in the – I told you it was a bad rhyme. This is in the upper echelon of all the sandwiches we've so tried. Jeff really needed to write both our parts yeah, for know. that. Thanks, thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, no, it's a uh, great sandwich. Good, good, good first date sandwich. Tastes good. Couldn't you have said upper echelon E? Uh, yeah, that would have made more sense. Wait. Let's go back. Bon me, more like upper echelon e. Like I don't think that's good either. No, that's but not at good. least it's, you just put in me there. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right, not a lot. Not a lot rhymes with bon me. Uh, good sandwich definitely goes on the menu. Right, right next to the Utsmeister. Uh it's on there. 
So there you go. The listener sandwiches, two for three, according to... Well, you know what? I'm not putting on the menu until a sandwich confirms that. I'm confirming it now. Even if it didn't end up on the menu, I want it there. No. <laughs> I'm not allowing it. I control the sandwich wheel. I control the menu. Well, how about this? How about this? Better pun. When I was 13, I had a bar mitzvah. Now I'm having a bon mitzvah. <laughs> a bon mitzvah. Because this sandwich is a mitzvah. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. I was going to say, because you became a ban after having a sandwich, but it doesn't make any sense. Nope. Hey, Dan, let's spin the wheel. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Hey, guess what? Before we spin the wheel, new listener, new email. Not new listener. Former listener, good listener, fanwitch, super fan to fan emeritus to now fanwitch Ryan says, Hi, Dan and Joe. Love the show since season one. Joe, you should have picked the Seahawks in England for the World Cup. I'd like to recommend a sandwich for the wheel. The Coronation Chicken Sandwich Baguette. With its interesting backstory and delicious flavor, it's a great sandwich to try and one that's uniquely British. Okay. I mean, you wouldn't call this a hot chicken sandwich, would you? <laughs> Joe, do you are you familiar with the distinctly British Coronation Chicken Sandwich slash baguette? No. No, but uh, but a quick Bing search tells me that it is actually a sandwich. All right. Well, on it goes to the listener wheel. Are you going to have a Coronation Chicken Sandwich baguette if your beloved Tottenham Hotspur win the Champions League final? I can't even tell you how excited I am for June 1st. That was the most exciting game I've ever seen. I mean, Dan, you, I mean, you know we've texted about this quite a bit. I've not had in my entire adult life. I've not had a team that I root for in a championship game. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I I would have agreed with you and said the same thing, except for my sort of quasi beloved. They're not my number one team, but they're enough. Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup last year, and it was quite enjoyable. But the run that Tottenham has had this year is just like it's insane. It's, it was ins- the whole game was insane, but it was like they were down and dead, and then by sheer force of will. They came back. I've by, never seen anything like it. By sheer force of Lucas Mara's will. I mean, that's it. I mean, just one yeah. player who was like, just decided he was going to carry the team. It's amazing. Never seen anything like it. It was spectacular. I was like, l- later on uh, that day, I was walking around and uh, I saw somebody like looking at ESPN on his phone. And I was like, are you a soccer fan? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a soccer fan. I'm like, did you see the Champions League game this morning? He was like, it was unbelievable. Like just a random, yeah. random sports fans. We had a neighbor over, and he was like, oh, do you uh, – I don't know how it came up, but um, – oh, I talk about this bar that I go to, which is like a – it's like a soccer bar. And he's like, oh, are you a fan of the Premier League? And I was like, yeah, I'm a, a Tottenham fan. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm a Liverpool fan. And then, you know, I mean – And then you came to blows right then and there. <laughs> well, I mean, it was actually – we we, we we just were commiserating about – or whatever the good version of commiserate. I mean, we were – we were we were in awe of the shared experience of just back to back incredible semifinal games that are just just unbelievable and that had had either one happened in isolation it it would have been like the greatest semifinal game ever and the fact that they happened back to back in the same round is just even more incredible. It was amazing. 
All right. Well, that's it for non-sandwich related contests. Fortunately, the way Champions League works, we have until May 1st to to build the hype for the the Champions League final. Something that probably I mean, if the takeout.com wrote a piece, it's like which what is uh which manager eats the best sideline snacks or something. You know, that could build some hype, but with our listener base. Yeah. No, we'll have two more episodes to really dissect Spurs chances here. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the right shape against Liverpool? But anyways, here we go. Uh wheel is reset, so it's back to its normal Dan, Joe, Dan, listener, Joe, Dan, Joe. And then of course one slice for the wacky wheel. I think the wacky wheel has what, one there still is no wacky wheel. I haven't got around to making it. There's so two sandwiches on the wacky wheel now. So we'll flip a coin. Yeah. yeah. The wacky coin. And uh Joe, you ready to go? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. All right, wheel Wheel set to spin. And off we go. Oh, it could be a listener again. Oh, oh, but no. Right in the middle of Dan. It's me. Sorry, listener. Sorry, wacky. Okay, I'll Dan, remove... the last time you picked, you picked tacos. So <laughs> yeah. what's our strategy here? Well, the, my strategy, I'm going to cheat off those takeout people. I'm saying here and now, I'm going to pick one of the 20 sandwiches they drafted. Because if they're stealing from us, I'm going to steal from them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We basically own their intellectual property. Yeah. That's how it works. All right. So here we go. I'm going <laughs> to... Totally. I, we now own the takeout.com. And We're working pork, on pork.com. And pork.com. We're working on pork.com. Well, pork.com is a, a subsidiary. Okay. So I have... I have I've made a proclamation here. I have one in 20, but we've eaten a lot of these. So it would either be the Reuben, definitely not picking. Lobster roll, no. Philly cheesesteak, tempting, no. French dip, already did it. Thanksgiving leftover, eh, okay, I'll put that on maybe. Let's wait for Thanksgiving, Dan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Okay, well, we're really running out of options here. Pastrami, no. Banh mi, did it. Cubano, mm, tempting, no. Po' boy, no. BLT, did it. Italian sub, no. Tuna salad. Have we done that? We haven't done that. We did a tuna melt. Yeah. All right. All right. Tuna salad I'm putting in the maybe pile. Sausage, egg, cheese, biscuit. Mm, eh, would be our first breakfast sandwich. All right. Maybe. Hot chicken. Don't know what it is. Euro. No. Sloppy Joe. No. Club sandwich. Too meat heavy. Club sandwich. Mm, definitely maybe. Meatball sub. Already did it. PBJ. Already did it. Grilled cheese. Oof. That's a big one. That's in the maybe pile. All right, I'm looking at these sandwiches. I'm going to make my snap judgment right now, and I have made it, Joe. I have made the snap decision. I have picked a sandwich. For next week, next week's episode, if Joe picks a sandwich, we shall do the club sandwich. Wow, Dan, that's a big sandwich. I'm excited. I'm going to make a big club sandwich and eat it. Yeah. Now, I mean... Not not to spoil too much of our history with the sandwich, but the club sandwich is probably the sandwich that I've seen you eat the most. Yes, yes. You have seen me eat a club sandwich. I've eaten a lot, many a club sandwich. I mean, that just goes to its availability, Joe. It's a very available sandwich. All right, Dan. I'm excited. I mean, somehow the club sandwich is almost transcended sandwiches because it, like, appears on menus where you'd otherwise not expect to see that, like, that type of thing. Like at a club. <laughs> Is that is 
Is that where the the club sandwich is? Is that where it was? Yeah, like originated? in like a fa- yeah, like in like a fancy like. I mean, I assume it's like a fancy like uh, like country club. Well, I'd expect sandwiches to be in a country club. Well, they're not going to have like shrimp po' boys there. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right. Well, in lieu of our our first reaction to the sandwich, that's <laughs> that's like what the takeout dot com does. We don't engage in that kind yeah, of crap. Yeah, let's really, yeah, let's let's dive deep into the club sandwich. Absolutely, we shall do a deep dive, super deep, as deep as could be, and uh, much deeper than our dive into the taco last week. <laughs> it's a failed experiment. Okay, hey, look at this. We got a new rating, but not another review. So, you know, thanks a lot, people. Anyways, there we go. Uh, time to put the bread away until next week, Joe. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our episodes, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the lively discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash JoePicks. If you want to talk about what you got right or wrong with the Bon Me, or if you have a strong opinion about next week's sandwich, the Club Sandwich, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod.com. Special thanks to Fanwich Josh for research. Well, book Red not Me really Republic. this week. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a tough week, but look. Very busy. His book, Red Me Republic, on bookshelves everywhere now. Available to buy on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Purchase a copy of the book. Purchase a copy of the audiobook or the Kindle version. Post a picture of yourself enjoying the book. You'll be entered to win the official Joe Picks a Sandwich cutting board. You have to get your entry in before May 22nd, so do it now. Also, thanks to superfan Jeff and Prince Pepper Sneeze. First of his name, for first of his flock. Singer of songs, writer of verse, doer of research for the theme song and all your help this week and of course fanwitch julia for the logo leave us a five-star rating the itunes store so others can find this podcast joe see you next week see you dan